At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up guys, I'm taking a quick break. Welcome back by the way, I'm taking a quick break. I'm sitting on a six inch gas line. It looks to be about six inches. Now it feeds a, uh, a pretty big boiler room. It's got two big boilers in there that make clean steam for pharmaceutical processes and stuff. We don't actually take care of the boilers. I'm okay with that. The manufacturer sends a rep in. The last thing I need is two in the morning, these boilers going down and I'm called out of bed. <laughs> so I'm, I'm okay with it. Anyway, I'm still working and I consider myself lucky. I have a lot of essential customers. And for those that are not working, I do feel for you guys. So, but stay tuned. We're gonna, we're gonna get through this. We're gonna move through this as a unit and we're gonna get past this. We're gonna be back to normal. I think before we know it, hopefully in a couple of months, we're back to normal. Hopefully, crossing my fingers. I got a... I got a good podcast for you guys, a great podcast. We're going to have some, some real good discussions about the industry. Mike Mabry and Will Fry from Blue On are going to come onto the podcast. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. One being that capital budgets, like the upfront money to replace HVAC equipment is disappearing as COVID-19 kind of takes its hit on the world and, and companies are starting to budget a lot harder. So because of this, they've been inundated with calls about TDX20 and how TDX20 can help moving forward. The other cool thing we're going to talk about is something they've developed, a solution they've developed that kind of started out with train and telepack units. You're going to hear Mike talk about this. And, and what it is is a, uh, a module that controls an electronic expansion valve and does a bunch of other stuff. And they've developed this solution to help. So we're going to talk about that as well. The other thing we're going to talk about is some R22 facts and the fact that some people say R22 will be around for our entire lifetime. We're going to get into a lot of good discussion here on the podcast. So that is coming up right now, guys. Mike and Will from Blue On. This is the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Mike, Will, how are you guys doing tonight? Great. How are you doing, Gary? Um, I'm doing well. I, I'm uh, Actually, today I, I was recording a podcast I did last, an interview I did last week. Um, I got to the job site today and I had a few minutes. So I started recording the intro for, for it from my phone. Cause sometimes I have to do it that way just cause life gets busy and the sun was out. It was a beautiful morning. The birds were chirping. It was like the world, <laughs> but around us, the world is going crazy. So it, it was just, it was just this bittersweet kind of moment of, of peace that I had this morning and, and, and I enjoyed it. I kind of tried to embrace it. So <laughs> how are you guys Sweet. doing? Doing good. Doing good. We're uh, trying to get through this coronavirus thing and uh, make a little sense out of the insanity. Yeah, I think everybody is. Yeah. So yeah. I, I want you guys to, um, you guys haven't been on the podcast yet. I, I, I'd like you guys to just quickly for uh, one, two minutes, just go over kind of what you do for Blue On and maybe your background within the industry. Mike, you can start that off. Um, I have a real fancy title, Director of Systems and Technology. I've been in the trade yeah. nice. up on 47 years. But my biggest thing is to look for solutions. We try to find solutions to make things easier for the contractors, like the IntelliPAC units. There was a lot of problems with those. And so we came up with solutions. And then we published that data for the contractors to make their, their life easier. So I do a lot more with the bigger equipment to 
try to put together solutions for the contractors so that they don't have to go out and fight the battles. And so if they call and say, Hey, have you ever done one of these? No, but I'd love to do one. Let's, let's get together. And then we document it to give them a way to do the, the you know, conversion and come up with a solution to the problem. So that's yeah, pretty much what I do for blue on. And, and we're going to talk about a solution that you guys kind of put together um, for those in telepacks and maybe some other units that, that are out there and that that'll be a, a very cool conversation and educational too, for the, for the listeners. So, so Will, what are you up to, um, with blue on it and what's your background within the industry? First of all, Gary, thanks for having us. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, second of all, Mike is, is being modest. Um, he does a, a hell of a lot more than that at blue on than, than what he said. And we're extremely lucky to have him and, and grateful and thankful. Um, my title is, um, director of business development, which I think speaks for itself. You know, um, I run the sales team at blue on and, and go out and, uh, you know, work on distribution and, and partnering with contractors and, and whatnot. Um, as far as my background with blue on, I was fortunate enough, uh, and lucky enough to be involved from day one when, uh, blue on was an idea. Uh, Hey, can we actually do this to, um, R and D? to empirical testing to where we're at today. So that's been, that's been uh, really exciting to watch that all evolve. And that I believe started back in uh, 2011. So we're, we're nine years into that, into this puppy and, and uh, it, it, we're rolling. It's been, it's really fun. Yeah. It's, it's been a long journey for you guys. And I mean, you guys have, have come a long way and you're starting to really, put some traction on your, on, on, on your wheels and in, in, into the dirt in, in this industry. And, uh, I, I think that the way the world's changing right now, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be nuts to see how, how we, everything falls into place, but what you guys are seeing from an industry perspective, because of the, the business you're in, you're seeing capital budgets being cut across the board as far as replacement um, goes for HVAC equipment. Is that right? That, that's a 100% right. Um, we are, you know, we thought, as, as everybody else thought, um, we would be slowing down maybe and, and let's take this time to uh, work on the backlog and, and check the boxes of, of tasks that nobody really got around to doing. Um, but what's happening, in fact, is, um, you know, we're getting a little bit more busy uh, due to the capex budget um, reduction because of the the uh, the COVID nineteen crisis, um, which is horrible, uh, but that what goes with that is again everybody's money is being tied up or or gone away. So um, with that becomes what are the options um, and all the jobs slated for, or many of them slated for replacing equipment. That money is gone now, and so what are the viable options? And and Blue On uh, falls into that slot uh, quite nicely for for many different reasons, which I'm sure we'll get into. But you're exactly right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So so Mike, what what are you seeing from from your standpoint? Well, there's the the retrofitting of equipment and everything, and and right now there's a huge question as to what what are the contractors going to go to. I mean, we're talking about the low, lower GWPs. Um, if they go to the lower GWPs, it's going to kind of get rid of a lot of the, the refrigerants. One of the other problems that we see is a lot of the other replacement refrigerants, they not only lose capacity, but they are, they're more costly to operate. So you know, if you get a 10-ton system and you lose 30% of your capacity, now you've only got a 7-ton system coming 95-degree day, you've got a problem. You've got to deal with it. So that's one of the biggest things we're trying to to give the contractors solutions to this problem so that it's easy for them to go out. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is equipment that is going to need to be replaced. I mean, there's it's just dead. But a lot of the equipment out there still has a, a lot of good viable life left in it. And so we give the contractors options, which is huge. Yeah. And, and you know what? The the equipment that is out there that still has life in it 
it's it's being maintained well and and any anybody that maintains things well they don't like to necessarily go to replacement right away i i'm kind of like that i like to um keep things running for as long as i can because i that's what that's what i am i'm a service tech i'm not in the installation department of of our company i mean if if things get way too far too far gone then i'll and I'll say to the install manager, hey, you might want to come take a look at this thing because it's like 40 years old and it's about to fall apart. But I mean, we've we always fix things if we can and maintain it. And, and I find that maintenance budgets in general are bigger than capital budgets usually. Uh, and then with these cuts that you guys are seeing is going to reduce that even more. But things are still going to break and they're still going to need to be fixed. And and I know that, Will, you were you were saying before we got onto the conversation that you guys are being inundated with, with calls and and questions about how um, Blue On can help uh, with these systems to keep them going. And and you were saying that y- you need help from from the industry professionals that are out there, like partners that are trusted and, and, and can do this work. So do you want to touch on yeah, that a little bit? <clears throat> you hit the nail on the head there. I think um, a couple of things, the, the maintenance budgets um, come into play big time. Um, and with, you know, we have coined kind of blue on is a, a supercharged maintenance um, upgrade. So it, it falls right in that. So, when you're talking about budgets, capex versus opex, um, you know we do fall in that opex category because there's money allocated for repairs and maintenance, and uh, what comes along with Blue On is a full tune-up, right? You're cleaning, you're leak checking, you're uh, checking your airflow, you're, you're making sure that system's running optimally, and then converting it to Blue On. So um, within that maintenance budget comes the upgrade to blue on. So that that's number one that you, you, you really nailed. Number two is, you know, we do spend a lot of our time training and working with contractors and um, with the inundation of, of calls, um, especially now, you know, we partner with contractors across the nation um, and we have to have someone that can go out and do that work. Uh, literally. I mean, um, we, you know, we, we have our own technicians but definitely don't have enough technicians to cover it all. So that's why we're pushing the trainings now um, so that when that work comes in, we can hand it off to a trusted uh, contractor that we work with. Yeah. And, and we touched on this just before I, I hit record and you kind of just, you just kind of mentioned it there ind- indirectly is, is when you're doing your, your checks before you do the conversion, and Mike hit on this uh, before we hit record as well, is that when you're doing these checks, you're making sure the system is running optimally before you do the conversion. So if you find anything wrong with it, you need to fix it first. And doing that, doing these baseline tests of of everything before you go ahead and convert, you could find problems. And those problems you find could generate more work for yourself during these these tougher times. Like I was just saying to you guys, I turned uh, a one-hour p.m. into a full day of work just because I took the time and went through the the machine with it. And this was only like a three-ton condensing unit, by the way, that was tied into an air handler for a clean room. But I took the time to go through it with a fine-tooth comb. Uh, it had a hot gas bypass tied into it, so I, I set that up properly. That took some time. All the insulation was deteriorating. <laughs> I can't even say that word. Deteriorating on the piping. So that was replaced. Contactor was seized. Uh, it was welded, closed. The fan cycle control didn't work properly. Uh, the, the capacitor for the fan was like starting to corrode. It was rusted out. So these things I, I noticed and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this now. So if, if you can go through things with a fine tooth comb, you can generate a lot of work for yourself before that conversion even happens. What, what do you think, Mike? Well, not only that, but... You know, you, you've heard the saying, you know, you touch it, you own it. And so if you run into things that are, are really looking bad and everything, and you make the customer aware of it, hey, you've got this problem, and not only is it costing you money, not only is it, it bad for the equipment, but if we take care of this, your equipment's going to run better. Then the customer says, you know, okay, let's take care of it, and they've got a better operating system, or they say no, and then when something does happen with it, you made them aware of it. 
So they know mm-hmm. what they've got going on. Yeah. So it's, it's just huge to protect the contractor as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you for sure. And in the beginning of the, when you were talking about what you did for blue on, you were mentioning, you were mentioning the, the train and in, in, in telepax. And, and I know that you guys, we, we talked about this briefly, but I think it's very cool that you guys have developed this sort of, um, this sort of way of, of preventing a problem from happening on, on these machines. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Because I think the audience would be very, because you know something for me, I don't work on a lot of trains. Like it's very rare that I ever see a train. I, I don't know what it is about the area that I live in, in Toronto. I don't see many trains at all through my, my 20 year career. I've, I've seen very few. Um, but I do see online, a lot of guys talking about train and telepacks and you guys have provided a solution, um, for those units that, that you are seeing. You want to touch on that for a minute? All right, guys, so there was a debate I had with an individual. I mean, there's no need to name names. I mean, that's not the place to go. It's, it's kind of juvenile. But I, I had this debate a couple of times with the same individual about Nylog. A couple things that were said. Nylog stops up strainers. Nylog doesn't dissolve in PoE oil. Nylog attracts dirt to your hoses and will get into the system. All right, I just watched a video of John Pastorello squeezing Nylog into a little vial of PoE. Dissolved. No problems whatsoever. Gree uses Nylog in their mini splits. It's been approved now for over a year in use in their mini splits. If it clogged up strainers, they would be the first ones to report it. I've been using it for 15 years. It's been out since 93, and not one technician has come forward and says Nylog has clogged up anything. Attracting dirt, well, oil attracts dirt. Liquid refrigerant attracts dirt if it's, if it's all over your hoses and, and the oil residue. Anything can attract dirt out in the field. It's up to you to be clean. It's up to you to do good work and to keep your tools clean and dry. It has nothing to do with the product itself. So John basically debunked all of, all of this in the argument. And it's the proof that I needed to see that I already knew existed. I just didn't see it with my own eyes. So anyway, Nylog's a great product. If you guys have used it, you guys know that it's a great product. If you guys haven't used it, trust me, it comes in real handy a lot of, a lot of the times. So the other thing, while we're on this topic of mini splits and flares and, and Nylog and stuff, having a, a digital torque wrench is going to help you get that right torque spec on that flare nut. Now, Yellow Jacket makes an incredible, an incredible digital torque wrench. I've, I've done a couple of videos on it and I've used it here and there. I don't do enough mini splits to use it all the time. I really, really don't. But something you guys want to check out if you do a lot of mini splits, you want to get the, ter- the correct torque on your flare nut. Since we're on this discussion about flare nuts and mini splits, that's the other thing we need to bring up is Navax battery operated flaring tool. Now it, it does that um, repeatable flare, 45 degree angle. You stick it in their, their flare, flare gauge tool and it meets up every single time. So if you guys are in the market to, to make incredible flares, you work on this stuff and, and you do a lot of flares, a digital torque wrench from Yellow Jacket, Navax battery operated flaring tool and a little bit of nylog. It's not going to go wrong, guys. Um, True Tech Tools, as I mentioned before, is doing a promo for the month of April with Testo. You get 13% off Testo products with the promo code TESTO and TTT, all one word. So you guys go check that out. You want something else in the store, it's promo code KNOWITALL. That will get you 8% off. Now, a lot of people have been showing interest in the Gen 2 Smart Probes lately. I've been using them quite a bit in, in, my, uh, in my work to do some troubleshooting. And it's just, it's phenomenal. I mean, there's a place for a manifold still, a digital manifold. And, and I bust that out once in a while. But I got to tell you, my go-to is the Smart Probes. My go-to is the Smart Probes. It's, they're just easier to carry. Uh, I don't need to worry about refrigerant hoses. They go back up into the case. You just got to make sure that you have a good charge on your phone or a good charge on your tablet whatever you want to use. So that's it, guys. Let's get back to Mike and Will. 
This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Harago, a trades-only platform helping you find the right job or the right candidate. Harago.com, best in trade. Yeah, um, the biggest thing we found was that the, the 3D scroll compressor, um, it has a little bit more uh, bearing issues than, than a lot of the other compressors. And so with blends, they have more of a tendency of where liquid can condense in the suction line so what we did was we went ahead and put in electronic expansion valves because the the existing TXVs were were kind of oversized and with the electronic expansion valves we were able to go with a continuous pump down so we get all the refrigerant you know or the majority of the refrigerant out of the suction over to the discharge side and one of the things we found was that a lot of the anti-rotation valves and 3D scrolls leak really bad so we added a discharge check. So now we don't have to worry about the leaking back through the compressors. So we're managing where the refrigerant is actually at in the system. One of the things we found was that the contractors were, were resistive to having to do a bunch of wiring as far as adding in the electronic valves and mounting all the controls and everything. So we found that we could build a control panel that has the pump down relays. It's got the electronic expansion valve drivers in it and basically terminal blocks to where the contractor just runs the wire out to the electronic valve, turns around and ties the wires in and he's basically done. I mean, there's, there's still some wiring to do, but it makes it a lot easier. Everything's labeled. We've got instructions on, on how to go through and do the process. And as a result, um, the contractors have had a lot better, a lot better luck with the equipment and it's a lot easier for them. I don't know. I seem to find that that the contractors would rather do the mechanical side than the electrical side. So we were just looking for a way to make it easier for the contractor to do the work. Not only that, it's saving time in the field so that, you know, they can install the panel and then just do the wiring accordingly. And that's what mm-hmm. we're trying to do with, with several different types of equipment. If there's a problem, we're looking for solutions make things easier for the contractors yeah and and that's that's why you guys have been successful because you're not just developing a refrigerant and trying to sell it to people you are actually trying to develop solutions when the when a problem hits you in the face you're like okay let's let's look at at this um in 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 a large scope let's take a step back and look at it and try to provide a solution to the the um to the customer or, or the mechanic or the technician that's calling you. And, and that, that is, that is completely awesome. There's not many, there's not many companies out there that are, that are doing that. So Will, can you, can you speak to that a little bit, how you guys are helping to provide solutions and supporting customers like this? Yeah, you bet. And that's, uh, again, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I feel like you're wearing a blue on shirt and hat, but, um, yeah, (laughs) you know, how do you, I'm, I, I might be. Well, might you be. soon will be, I'll tell you that much. Uh, it's in the mail. Um, but, you know, I think that's hugely important, important is, you know, we have those protocols and solutions for equipment outside of the train and telepacks. I, that's, that seems to be a hot button uh, just because they're the most difficult um, and kind of finicky, if you will, to convert. Um, but, you know, I, you know, we haven't talked really about our app, but, that really is the the full Monty of of support and solutions within our app, um, and you know I think more importantly is if we don't have that protocol for a system you're looking to convert, we will help create it, um, either working alongside of you or we'll create it and share that with 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 the uh, contractors of the world. So, um, you know the the support is is huge and it's what we pride ourselves on. Um, you know the there's the there's the uh, 24/7 uh, live tech support line where you literally call and you get Mike on the horn or you get several other guys uh, like Mike at Blue on on the horn. Mike, not to you know rain on your parade. Uh, there is no one like Mike, but you'll get several others that are um, amazing um, around the block <laughs> at Blue on, and, and that's a big deal. You know. With other replacements on the market, 
it's here's your refrigerant good luck right and who do you call if something's acting goofy it's not quite working something breaks um who do you call you you call the counter guy where you picked it up or you call a manufacturer where you get um someone that's got you know, a list of five questions and if if that doesn't get you there you're kind of hosed so um, with us, it's you call us, you call the manufacturer, and we walk you through any issue you may be having. But I think bigger picture, um, we actually spent the time and created the protocol, created the solution, and have the support to back it up, including the warranty that Blue On offers uh, to go with it. And so that is what's making Blue On the only real viable option for retrofitting R22 systems. The protocols, the support, and the warranty. Um, it, it's a big deal. The, the warranty thing, I, I don't really know much about that at all, to, to be honest with you. How, how, what kind of warranty and then how yeah, does that so, work? Um, you know, most of the R22 equipment out there, 50, 60% of it um, of existing infrastructure is still R22. Um, I would say 99% of that is out of warranty, if not 100%. Um, and so one of the battles you kind of, the questions we get on a daily basis is, you know, what's this going to do to my warranty? Well, the answer is it's already out of warranty, number one. Number two, um, if it's existing, uh, Blue On will give you a three-month warranty on that compressor. Um, should you put Blue On in and the refrigerant, blows a compressor for for some reason um i haven't had that happen but if it does we'll pay for it if you're doing a compressor swap out um we'll we'll warranty that compressor for one year on the new compressor and that kind of takes over the oem uh warranty um just because they're not in the business of getting behind replacement refrigerants so we we like to mitigate that risk and that fear on the contractor doing the install it comes with a warranty on the new stuff. Uh, we match the OEM one year, but also if it's a you know eight year old, ten year old compressor that you're gonna put blue on in, we'll give it a three month warranty just to put your mind at ease. That's that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that at, at all. And and the other thing that I I know about, but I haven't tried it yet. I was actually gonna. Uh, call it up just just to see <laughs> the the tech support on the app i know that you can go and and what do you do you just hit a button and it it starts a phone call right right from the app is that how it works it does okay all right so so mike if, if i'm like tomorrow if if i just hit that and i want to call someone i'll get one of you guys and then we can yes. just discuss just discuss in general an air conditioning problem that i could be having mm -hmm. right it doesn't have to be Anything to do with the refrigerant, it can just be air conditioning in general, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things we, we try to do is, you know, some of the younger guys are not quite as sure about what they're what they're getting ready to do. And I actually enjoy getting a call from one of the younger guys saying, okay, I'm getting ready to do this. I just want to be able to, you know, make sure I've got everything, you know, all planned out. And I'll, I'll walk through it with them. You know, okay, you're going to do this. You're going to, you know, you're going to go through and you're going to recover the refrigerant. and then you're going to change the dryer, you're going to pull a really good vacuum and just walk through the steps and everything so that they're comfortable because it's important to us that our contractors have a successful conversion, you know, and like you said, whether it's on, on blue on or, or other issues, you know, we've, we've gotten somewhere, a funny story. We had one of my guys who actually speaks Ukrainian and we got a call on a unit that they thought was Russian and they found a, a service manual for it, but nobody could read it. My guy read it and they figured out what the problem was, is that there was a, a sensor that had failed. So, you know, different kind of things. We try to, to find the solutions for them. In addition to that, our app has got over 22,000 units in it. And in the app, there's all the drawings, all the service manuals, OEM manuals, and everything that we've been able to find that they can get to right from the app. So if the contractor is working on a unit and the schematics all, all worn out, they can go into the app and they can go to that unit and they can get that documentation right on their phone or, or iPad or tablet, whatever they're, 
whatever they're working with. Yeah, that's it's 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 very commendable that you guys are are doing that. So, how many calls do you think you guys get like uh, on a daily basis through that app? Quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, and it's getting it's getting to be to be more and more. Um, we get we get a lot of this um, where they'll go into a supply house and they'll ask the guy, you know, hey, what replacement refrigerant should I use? And the guy's like, I don't know. And a lot of the uh, supply house guys will say, you know, hey, this 458A, you know, blue one, they got this app, you know, go go check it out. And the guys check it out and everything. And in addition to the, the tech support, in addition to all the manuals and everything, we've got a lot of best practices and things like that. Suggestions for, for ways to do things better, you know, things that they may not have thought of. And so, you know, everything we do is 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 based around trying to be a solution for the contractor to try to make their lives easier. Mm-hmm. So there's right now there's a two minute wait time, right? Are you guys, if that, if, if that well, that, that, yeah, that's, that's excellent because <laughs> I, I waited like four or five days for a unknown uh, tech support person to call me back in the summertime. And they called me when I was, wasn't even, well, obviously five days later, I'm nowhere near the unit. And I'm like, uh, yeah, sort of like, I I don't even know what I was working on then. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's getting really bad out there as far as, um, tech support wait times. So it's, it's really good that you guys are doing this. So as more people download the app and as you're getting more calls, I guess you're going to have to start bringing in more technical support to help out with that. Right. Well, I think yeah, we're bringing in more and more guys as needed. We brought on, we've just recently brought on a couple more really good guys, you know, 20 to 30 years in the trade. So we're bringing in guys that have got a lot of good experience. That, that's Are they able to work remotely? Like if, can, can you set it up so that the call rings out to them wherever they are? If, if they want to like kind of work, if, if they want to get off the tools and they still want to help, can they just turn on their phone, like wake up in the morning from wherever they live, turn on their phone and wait for a call to come in. Is that something you're looking at doing? No, that, that, that's how we, that, that's how it currently operates. Yep. Okay. So we've gotcha. got guys, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, throughout the country. So <clears throat> based on time zones and time of the day, you know, it'll ring, ring our, our, our few guys on the East coast and it'll go to the Midwest and then it'll go to the West coast and it'll, it'll roll through based on, you know, what time of day it is. And, and, uh, you know, Mike never sleeps, but some of our guys do, um, at some point. Um, so we, we try to time it. And then, you know, if, if our texts don't answer, you'll get our CEO, it'll ring to him last and, uh, he'll pick it up and he'll absolutely be able to walk you through your issues. Um, but at the same time, you know, for the, for, for the folks that are listening, if you, if you call and you get hello blue on this is Pete, how may I help you? Just hang up and, and call back again and wait less because <laughs> if Pete answers a, a tech support uh, call, uh, someone's head is going to roll, and, and we don't want that to happen. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say how many emails get get sent out after the CEO receives the tech right, support yeah, call. I, I don't think it's happened yet, um, but you know. If you happen to be the guy that gets Pete on the horn for a tech support call, just say, oops, wrong number, and then call us back. We'll answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to I wanna do some, some educational stuff here and, and some notes that Danica had sent me. And, and one of them I didn't even really know about. Um, and maybe you guys can talk about this some more. So one of the notes that, that she sent me was California is sort of leading this charge for a regu- regulatory change in, in refrigerants. And as of, uh, what, 2023, new equipment um, needs to be lower than 750 GPM. Is, is that right? Uh, nuts. Um, or or G, 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 GW, G, GWP. 1500 GWP. Um, which is pretty much going to um, the, the, no, the note I the note I have is um, new equipment has to be less than seven fifty, and right. existing equipment for maintenance has to be lower than fifteen hundred. Right, and the scary part of that seven fifty is 
most of those refrigerants are, as Keymores likes to say, they're going to be mildly flammable. Well, how many people want to put 20 pounds of mildly flammable refrigerant in their house? Yeah. But uh, as far as the the retrofit and the, the repair and everything else, um, that's going to get rid of the 410, 407C, all the rest of those. And as of that time coming around, unless somebody else comes up with something different, we will be the only solution for, for California. And typically what happens is there will probably be eight to 12 states that follow California's guidelines. Um, as it is right now, if you do any work on federal buildings, um, there's a federal directive that you have to go back with a refrigerant that has a lower GWP than, than R22. So it's going to, it's going to create some new challenges if you're not familiar with converting to blends and especially converting to to one that meets the GWP requirements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to me that 410A is, could possibly be on the, the chopping block if, if California gets, gets what they want. I mean, this is, this is just in talks right now. There's nothing set in concrete, right? No, but there, this is what we're hearing and everything. And, and this is the other thing is the industry so up on the air, what's going to be going on with new equipment. I mean, 2023, they're talking about the mildly flammable refrigerants. One of the guys I was talking to said, yeah, they're going to be putting the the line sets in an explosion proof chase. And I'm like, I'm not worried about the line set. I'm worried about the coil leaking and the, the furnace igniter comes on. What's going to happen there? And he goes, oh, I didn't think about that. So there's yeah. a lot of challenges coming up for the industry. Mm-hmm. There, there is. And I've seen tons of, uh, I, I've seen a few videos, but I've seen tons of images from mainly across the pond, like overseas of refrigerators that have blown up and texts that have been beside them and, and their faces are all mangled and, and <laughs> like smoke think <laughs> carbon all, all over their face, like, cause they're working on a refrigerator. Think about that. That's ounces. What yeah, happens when I you know. put pounds in a yeah. system? Yeah. I think the, 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 the silver lining is we're get, is, you know, we do have our own test, our testing lab, uh, and chambers. And we, uh, we, you know, we've, we've hit upon a, a product that will be coming out soon that, you know, we'll work in 410 systems with the same attributes that we have for the R22 replacement. Um, will meet the requirements of that sub 1500 GWP. Um, so really in essence, it, it'll all come with the same support protocols, um, warranty and performance that, uh, the R22 replacement we have has. Um, and so, you know, right now I think kicking the can down the road as long as you can, uh, as far as replacing equipment to 410 is extremely important. Um, we also recognize that uh, replacing equipment um, is necessary when you have to do it. We get that, uh, and we'll be the first ones to tell you you need to replace that thing. Um, and if that's the case, we'll have a solution for you down the road when you need it. So we're really trying to look down the road, plan, prepare, and provide the solutions for what's coming down the pipe. So um, that's been the been really uh, exciting to be be a part of some other stats that i i thought were kind of intriguing to me so 55 percent of u.s equipment right now is is r22 um so that's that's a lot of that's a lot of r22 that's left it in inside the equipment that's out there now so there's a lot of potential for conversions and from from the other the other stat that I read, I believe that the U.S. goes through about fifty million pounds of R twenty two a year, but there's there's only about ten million pounds like brand new left. Is, is, am I right here? Or, yeah. or correct yeah. me if I'm so, wrong. Well, it's not even brand new because um, as of December thirty first of two thousand nineteen, there was no more R twenty two coming into the to the country. 
And in 2019, there was only 4 million pounds that came in. So that 10 million pounds that we're getting is basically coming from reclaiming out in the field, and then it's going back in and being basically recycled and brought back up to virgin refrigerant standards. Mm -hmm. So that's the 10 million pounds that's available. And with the 50 to 60 million pounds that's required for maintenance and repair and everything else, there's a, a huge discrepancy or shortfall between what's available and what's there. Mm -hmm. It's needed. Yeah. And, and I, I've, I've come across comments online that say R22 will be around for the rest of our lifetime. And I'm not sure where they're getting this, these, these, uh, this information when it's not allowed to be shipped into the country anymore in, in, into the U S now I know in Canada and, and I told, I talked to, uh, when I talked to, uh, Jed and, and Nate, um, the, the last time we had a podcast with you guys uh, there, we have this kind of 5% left over in Canada where there's 95, we had a 95% reduction um, in January or December 31st, if, if, if you want to go there. And then the, the, the last 5% is going to be reduced in 10 years from now in 2030. So there's a small, there's a small gap there. So um, I'm just curious as to where these people think that we're going to have R22 left for the rest of our lifetime. Have you seen any of these comments? I've, I've heard that. I've heard contractors tell me, you know, Mike, I'm never going to, going to go to a blend. I'm going to use R22. I don't care if it's $300 a pound. Well, you know, if you're paying $300 a pound, what are you going to do? Charge a customer $500 a pound. I don't think mm -hmm. you're going to be very successful. I mean, I've actually gotten calls from, from chemical companies that have got large plants and they've got systems that have got between 40,000 and 100,000 pounds of refrigerant in them. And they're scrambling, trying to buy up everything they can. So the, the small contractors in that are going to start seeing the shortfalls, um, you know, because a lot of the supply houses have agreements with contractors where they'll, they'll take in the refrigerant that they reclaimed. And in exchange for that, they have first shot at the, at the recycled refrigerants. So it's coming. It's it's. And coming. I would I would add to that by saying, you know, what it, I can't. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it R11 or R12? I mean, you could still get it, but it's you know, it's outrageously priced, right? So guys that have a cylinder of that stuff shove it in their garage, and it's part of their retirement fund, right? So it, it, yes, it's around but it's not widely available or easily obtainable and it's extremely expensive. So I think, you know, there's probably some, uh, conflation between, yeah, I, I can probably, it'll, it'll probably always be there. That's a true statement, but, uh, how much of it and what are you willing to pay is going to be the, the big issue. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you R12. <laughs> so I was going to tell you a quick story about R12 and then Mike, you can tell me yours. Uh, so when I first got into the trade, probably a year and a half in, maybe two years in, I was working on a, a little, uh, it was actually a, a fair size reach in freezer for a, a pizzeria. And it was, it was short on refrigerant or, or there were, there, there was a pair a repair that had to be made and, and, and it, took R12 and our service manager at the time had a jug under his desk. Like that's where he yeah. kept it. Right. Because it was, it was so scarce and this is going back like 18 years or something like that. And he gave it to me and he's like, put, use that and put it in. And this, this thing took a pound if that, and me being new to the trade, I didn't know how to charge things properly. And I didn't have a scale. It was just going by feel. I, I just watched all these guys that I started the trade with. Their, their hands are on all the pipes and they're, they're, they're opening up the tank and <laughs> having a smoke, feeling the pipes. So I'm, I'm charging it like that. And it was running when I left. And he comes and grabs the tank and he, and he shakes it. And he's like, where the hell did all the gas go? And so I grossly overcharged this machine with his, his tank oh, of R12. He wasn't too happy. He wasn't too happy with me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, three years ago, I was at a supplier and they said, oh, yeah, we got a few drums of it left. We're getting 1600 bucks a cylinder for a 30 pounder. So for R12. For R12. Yeah, I, I didn't even know it even existed anymore and they still had it. 
three years ago. Wow. Yeah. Now the biggest thing with R22 is that with a lot of replacements out there, like I said, they lose a lot of capacity. And so, you know, you do a, um, a system in the winter and you lose, you know, 30% of your capacity come summer, you hit a 95 degree day, you're not going to cool the building and you're going to be scratching your head. And as a contractor, you're going to get a call. Hey, you were out here in the winter and fixed my system and now it doesn't work. What are you going to do about it? And I don't know that a lot of contractors understand, you know, how much of a, you know, a, they're giving up as far as capacity with some of these other refrigerants. And it's going to end up being their responsibility because they went out and did a conversion. And if the unit doesn't work, the, the customer is going to say, hey, you, you did it. You need to fix it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to it's going to be their problem, not, you know, the manufacturers. So, and what what if, if we compare capacity of TDX 20 and R22, well, what um, how, how do they relate to each other? We've seen a loss of one percent and an increase of as much as three percent on your, you know, fixed metering devices, cap tubes and stuff like that. We typically increase the efficiency by between two and five, two and eight percent. And on something with a thermostatic expansion valve, 15 to 20% is not uncommon as far as an increase in efficiency. Nice. So that's huge. Yeah, that's that that is huge. Yeah. So I mean that 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 is something to keep in mind when you're converting, and which a lot of people don't think about. Like like you said, they're not thinking about capacity loss, they're just thinking about getting the gas changed over and getting home <laughs> having a beer. Yeah. So, and, 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 and to your point, I have seen when we hit like crazy temperatures here in the summer, like temperatures that you don't normally see. And we only, we don't hit them very often. We'll maybe hit them like three, four times a year where it'll be close to like we we've in Toronto, we've hit like close to 40, um, 40 degree or sorry, 40 degrees Celsius. Um, which would be like, I don't know, 110 or 115 or something like that Fahrenheit. We've actually hit those numbers periodically once in a while and the equipment can't keep up because it's not, it wasn't designed for that temperature because we don't usually see it. Right. So people are calling us in saying my unit doesn't work. I'm like, well, no, it's just way too hot outside. So it's it's struggling. So if you put gas into a system like that and you have these um, days that are outside of design, then you're going to see a real huge, uh, struggle. Imagine getting those calls now when it's 80 degrees outside. Yeah. (laughs) Getting them then would be embarrassing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'd be be super embarrassing. Okay. So before, before we head out for the night, I will give you guys some, some last words. So will what, what else do you want to add in here, throw in here to, uh, to, to cap this off? Uh, you, you put me on the spot there. I mean, I, th- I think, uh, <laughs> um, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, we really are about the support and making the contractor's life uh, as easy as we can in, a, in an industry that's generally stressful and frustrating. Uh, we try to um, combat that with support, information, solutions, um, and relationships, I think, uh, most importantly, um, I would also plug our app, um, you know, the blue on HVAC app. If you download it, you, you watch a few videos, which are actually quite informative. Um, and then you're, you're part of the, you know, accredited blue on, uh, blue on accredited, uh, family. Um, and you have access to that extremely powerful tool, which is our app, um, so if you guys are listening out there, that would be probably my main takeaway. Uh, download the app and take advantage of that. Um, and then uh, 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 lastly, I would just say, you know, it's crazy times. We're all in this together. We're going to come out the other side uh, positioned to do great things uh, uh, together. That's that. That's where I'm at. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with with that statement that we're all in this together and, and, and I've seen it through, I try not to watch the news. I, I just, I've never been a news guy cause it's just all depressing stuff. But once in a while I, I kind of just turn it on just to get a quick update as to what's going on with this thing. And then I just shut it off. But a lot of videos I've, I've seen have been very like heartwarming with people coming together 
and trying to help each other out. And it doesn't matter sort of what country they're from. They're they're really reaching out to everybody because it's it's very uncommon that the entire world is infected or affect i shouldn't say infected (laughs) not yet not yet anyway sorry no they're not affected by the 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 same thing right so it kind of brings us all brings the world closer together makes it a smaller place and and everybody kind of um wants to help each other out so it's that that is one silver lining you can take away from all of this 100 percent, mike what do you what do you think actually um Maybe you can answer this, Mike. Levels of accreditation. Is there more than one level? Because I thought I, I read that somewhere. And I know that you get accredited when you do the the uh the, the the little thing with the app where you do that. I think it's a I did it a while ago. There's a quiz and stuff that you gotta do, right? Um, right. is there another is there another level of accreditation? Does it keep going higher with more training? There are. We start out with the level one accreditation, which is the one that you get through the website. Or if a contractor's got 10 or more people, we'll come out and do an on-site training. That gets you covered up to 20 tons. When you start getting above 20 tons, you run into a lot more things like hot gas bypass valves, system controls, unloaders, things of that nature. So we like to get out and do a training on-site, working with the contractor on a Tier 2 accreditation. Like the um, training telepack would be a Tier 2 we work with the contractor, we do training, we help them with the project. And then the next time it may just be as simple as them calling up and saying, okay, I'm going to do this unit here. Is there anything I need to know about anything I need to be careful of? Or they may say, you know what, we want you guys to come out and work with us on the, on the first one. And we do so it's just, you know, like I've said, we want the contractor to be successful. And I would rather talk to a contractor before they go into a project then after and they have the problems um, mm-hmm. that's one of the things we push that you know we're there we offer support and if you got questions please give us a call because that's what we're there for we want you guys to be successful well like like it says in in your uh, on your website and your uh, videos blue on's got your back right <laughs> that's true yeah yeah, no, no, it is true. You, you guys are really, you realize you're, you have the back of, of the industry, which is very, very commendable, you guys. So I want to thank you guys for getting onto the podcast tonight and taking some time with me. Um, I, very appreciative of that. Thank you for having us, Gary. Gary, yeah, no uh, right back at you. Everybody stay safe, stay calm, stay well. We'll see you on the other side. All right, I had to move off that gas line. That gas line was getting cold. My butt was getting cold. I got to thank Mike. I got to thank Will for getting onto the podcast. We learned a lot of stuff there. The, the warranty thing, I didn't know about that. I'm pretty sure I learned back in the day, a while back, about the levels of accreditation. But I think I think I forgot about that. My memory, my short-term memory sucks, if I haven't told you guys that before. We learned about the fact that they've developed a solution that started out with those train and telepacks. That is pretty cool stuff. So get the app, guys. You want to call them up. There's less than a two-minute wait time right now for their tech support. And and like they were saying, like Mike and Will were saying, they're, they're bringing on more people to their team to make sure that, that they're keeping with that promise. Very, very, very cool stuff. Anyway, guys, that's the podcast. I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know-It-All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.